1: middle call hey behaves. Whoa. Podcast Thursday night, warriors and Celtics game just ended. The warriors lost. Uh, that's, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Don't let that affect your review of the podcast. Go to Apple podcast. Leave us a five star, get in the mailbag, ask us a question. Tell us your favorite bar. Yeah. And, um, You know, if you're if you listen to this podcast, check out the YouTube down in the description below.
2: Yep. Subscribe to everything. The YouTube page, the podcast, share with your friends. Greatly appreciate everybody. Warriors lost to the Celtics in game one after they were in control.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't quite say cruise control, but, you know, had a lead. Pretty big lead. It was like
2: 12 points at the end of three quarters. What (laughs) quarter score, John? 40-16 uh, to 16. at one point in time in the third quarter. I i mean, I thought, like, is this going to be a 20-point blowout? But it never really quite felt like that. But it kind of felt like it was going that way. And then all hell broke loose, and they got curb stomped. That Only one way to describe it, John, as Mark stomped.
1: Jones did on the broadcast. What do you say? it w- The insurrection. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Mark Jones. Yeah. Uh, i That was... They couldn't miss. I mean, by about the third three, you just was like, this is going in. Every single one, you're kind of breast stops. And yep. they hit, guy, they hit nothing but the bottom of the net. Horford had one that looked like one from Ray Allen. The way it hit the net, it's like, what is going on? You know when it hits right in the front of the net and it kind of swoops in the back, it looks really sweet. When yep. Horford did that, I'm like, I don't think they'll ever miss again.
1: No. No, they went... um Derek white they went they went hold on, let me back it up. They went Jalen Brown three bang uh within two. then a couple buckets happened back and forth. Peyton Pritchard bang you know get well soon. uh Mike Breen within two. Derek White bang with like Steph in his face. uh actually that was later. Derek White, bang, got it within one. Derek White, bang, tied the game at 103. Al Horford, bang, Celtics up three timeout. Out of the timeout, they play the clip of Steve Curry's like, we just got to stop. We just get a bucket, get a stop tie game. Instead, it's a turnover. Al Horford, bang. It's 109-103. Timeout. They come out of the timeout. Al Horford, 16-footer, bang, it's 111-103. He couldn't miss. He couldn't miss. Could not miss. Marcus <laughs> Smart, bang, 114-103. Marcus Smart, bang, 117-103.
2: Um, maybe, maybe now that I'm I'm taking a deep yeah. breath, they were up 12 points going in the fourth quarter. So you can't, like, it was just one quarter where a team didn't miss, but it felt like that that quarter encapsulate. If these guys hit some shots, They kind of felt like the better team in the first half. They're longer. I'm texting people. Is this like the 90s Bulls? They got dudes everywhere. Their length. I mean, I've been hearing about it, but it's not like I'm super locked into the Miami series because it's so goddamn boring. And I mean, they hang their hat on defense. But holy shit. Jordan Poole can't do anything against these guys. It's just all Steph and Clay. And then some of the other, you know, Iguodala, Looney, Draymond, like Poole and obviously Wiggins. Wiggins. Pool got kind of, you keep saying he needs to hit the weight room. He's getting tossed around, bro. Ball's just getting ripped from him. I, I didn't think,
1: I for most of that game, I watched the game and thought, I think the Warriors, I thought coming in, this was going to be a very good series. Could be seven games. Obviously, a lot of people think that, so that's not unique. But I watched and thought, yeah, the Warriors are the better team. My problem with that game is not that the way it ended indicates something that the Warriors are not capable of. I mean, a team goes on a 17-0 run hitting shots like that. I don't think that's representative of the matchup. But just losing like that in game one and losing home court that quickly, now they got to win three games. You got to win four. and. You know, they're a good That's the thing about them. I think I saw they were eight and three on the road in the playoffs. I think they now have nine and three on the road in the
2: playoffs coming they're in. They're a good road. To, I, I mean And I, you're supposed to be the closing team. Like you've been here before. I, I do think it's pretty hard to lose a game when Steph has 34 in a in a NBA final game, and it was just humming.
1: Yeah, although one of the reasons I liked Miami I, as a matchup is because you'd be fine with Jimmy Butler shooting take getting 40, right? Like I think the Warriors would rather I know they did a good job on Tatum, but they'd rather Tatum had 40. And Al Horford had 15 and Jalen Brown have 24 and Derek White have nine. Then Derek Wright have 21. Jalen. I Brown mean, you watch You watch that first half and Horford thought the Warriors, the Warriors were the better team. Like, I just thought like this. is. Neat I just point. watched the whole game leading up to that run. And I thought the Warriors were the better team. Yeah. But I again, I think the Celtics are worthy of it. They are a championship level team. Yes. But I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel like they were overwhelmed or whatever. But this, this team, was I just thought this is the way to put, put it, I want. I watched and thought, okay, this is what I thought it was going to look like. And I think the Warriors are going to win the series. That's what uh, I thought.
2: My my take through the first half was like this thing can go either way. Then obviously they have the big yeah, second yeah, half. I, I agree, but like, like, I'm I'm I mean go either way in the series. Like I, I kind of like, and now Boston has the clear advantage because game twos must win. Because I well, I'm watching that game in the first half going, the Warriors aren't going to win in Boston. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to win in Boston. It is just hard, even though I know the Celtics have struggled there. That environment's going to be bananas. They got to yeah. go up 2-0. And now, I mean, game two basically becomes a must win game because you can't go back 2 0 going back. You had all this rest. I th- That's a gut wrenching loss. Now, I know it's just, it is a little fluky. Like they didn't miss for, you know, in 10 minutes, basically, it felt like in the fourth quarter. But God damn, that's a.
1: Yeah. See, that's where I go back to fluky or not tough, fluky. Though. The flukiness means it doesn't actually represent what's about to happen next but it's irrelevant that it's fluky in the sense that they just stole game one from you on your floor.
2: So it really hurts. Yeah. Like that could cost you the series. I'm trying to do my math. I guess the, were the Warriors down at half 54. Yeah. yeah. And they were down two at half. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, this team is every bit as good as the Warriors. I mean, clearly they won, but yeah, I have not thought that the last three, three matchups and that's, this is a different animal.
1: No, it is. And that's why I said, I, I think it could have gone, I came in thinking this could go seven, but I watched the series and thought, I just kind of like, okay, I don't think they're just going to overwhelm the Warriors in a way. But here's the thing. I think they're kind of deeper right now than the Warriors are. Well, they are, right? Because their eight guys really contribute. The Warriors kind of eight, it's like, Igu- and Iguodala it hit a couple of shots, but like the Warriors are not, would you say the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Are they eight
2: deep? I don't know. Not I mean, if Poole's going to have I, nine points. Yeah, to me, if Pool's going to have nine points and just get... To me, he was completely overwhelmed. But I'm not saying the Warriors players at any moment were overwhelmed. I'm just saying, like, their physicality. Pool looked like a dude that this was... It jumped up another level, like Otto Porter, Iguadala. To me, they looked completely normal, like a lot of the Celtics guys. Pool's getting shoved around. He just didn't look comfortable. He hit the 1-3, I think, coming out of the second half, but... I didn't like the way his physicality looked around some of those guys. Then you realize no. like most of their players are older. Well, he had Marcus Smart take it from
1: him. He had uh, who else just ripped it from him while he was standing there. Was it J- was Jalen Brown? Yeah, it might have been Jalen Brown. Just He didn't know where to go with the ball, and Jalen Brown just took it. He had four turnovers. That's a guy. I think game two to me is like the first thing Sunday night you're watching. is, is, is Did Jordan Poole
2: get the experience of game one, and is this too soon for him to well, that's going to be another guy. Turn the page. Why I say It's going to be hard to win on the road. Like, if he struggles the first two games, what the hell is he going to do there? Well, yeah. I mean, this is a conducive environment for him. Absolutely. But he's never played
1: in that environment. Right? I Against know. This level but of he's been games. playing in the playoffs now for a little while. This I little know. He's 22 terrible. years old. I just I, – my point is, like, game two, it, it what it has been in the postseason, is like, what kind of Wiggins are you going to get? Well, now you're getting Wiggins. Now it's – are you going to – can Pool get better within the
2: series? I heard Slater say this to Rosillo that – a good barometer for the Warriors when Draymond scores ten, just because everyone's always going to get theirs. But if Draymond can score, it helps them out a lot. Like he had four. He, I mean, he's, <laughs> those free throws weren't even close. When you have him and Iguodala on the floor at the same time, I mean, you just when a shot goes up, you're like, ah, they probably ain't going in. <laughs> That's a problem, you know. So even the when the Celtics have a lineup of White smart Tatum Brown and Horford out there like everyone can score so if they get freaky hot like it's if Iguodala and Draymond Green are on the floor I mean you could well you even if it's focus Looney, on the other Looney two guys can
1: score around the basket but he's Looney's not hitting any jump shots like Looney I mean, and Draymond had eight points combined those are starters got a dust off Kaminga <laughs> maybe <laughs> Just big picture. Uh, Even Moody. Moody's hit a few shots. Like, the Celtics are never without shooters on the floor outside of their stars.
2: Now, regardless of what we thought before the series, it's clear. The series is on. (laughs) Like, I mean, the Warriors are going to have to earn this fucking thing. And we talked about it maybe off air earlier today. Like, I think we talked about it this week on the pod. Like, the pressure. Obviously, there's pressure when you get to a finals. But if the Warriors were to lose this finals, like... Listen, I fucking love this team. I love these guys. So do a lot of people in Northern California. They're extremely popular, says the TV numbers. But I also think a sneaky part of their relevance, especially nationally, I think a lot of people kind of watch them to root against them in a weird way. Like just because they draw them to the TV. I think people. There were a lot of probably people tonight, kind of rooting for the Celtics, <laughs> which is hard because the Celtics are historically
1: an easy team to hate. Also, right? It's just more about the Warriors brand. They don't want to see him get the other championship,
2: and you know the yeah. takes then come flying. It it's dra- it's a lot of Draymond. <laughs> there is more, yeah, but just Steph's the whole, you know, his whole thing. Even though you watch him tonight, you're like, is anyone arguing that this is a guy's not brilliant at the sport? Like, what are we talking about? I know. I watch most.
1: I watch the first quarter, you're like Steph's getting his MVP, and then he doesn't score in the second quarter, and then you go straight to Magic Johnson. Like Magic, what do you think? He's like Marcus Smart can't stop Steph. And it's like he <laughs> just won a quarter without scoring. Magic, were you? Where
2: did, where did Magic come from? They've had the same crew all year. They get to Golden State Finals, and then all of a sudden, they're all scrunched in, and Magic is there. We didn't. I, did Magic call them and say, hey guys? have, Because isn't that what happens
1: like when he's around? He's on the Stephen A. Show where he's just like, I want to come in. I respect Magic for this. Magic could easily just show up wearing like uh, Axe's outfit from Billions everywhere he goes. Just, you know, just kind of like the venture capital outfit or even like the guy from Journey that played the anthem in a hoodie and a leather vest. Well, have you, you see what Beverly wears on his
2: get up hits? This is normal clothes. Yeah.
1: Magic <laughs> shows up everywhere in a double breasted suit. Yeah. I give him credit for putting yeah, on the truth I, I do too. I would that that would not be the route I'd take, but he, he clearly takes it. I thought Jalen, when I glanced for a second, I thought it was like um college game day where they have the celebrity guest picker. Maybe someone who's I thought they had the person who was gonna sing the anthem on the set when I turned the TV on out of the corner of my eye, and then I realized no, that's Jay. I thought it was like, I don't know, somebody famous singer, but it was Jalen.
2: I, I felt pretty good about the Warriors winning, went to halftime, my juju got off. I'm like, this is the worst halftime I've ever seen. Then the Warriors take the lead. I, I was about to get really cocky on social media. Yep, yep
0: same. And same. I, I
2: swore to God when that first three went early, I, I kind of got a little like, okay, let's just yeah. – I didn't get that cocky when they hit a couple shots. They kind of yeah. – they had yeah. me on edge even when they were winning. It's like I, this team is just – just their vibe and they're flying around. I don't know. I didn't – but they were missing so many fucking shots. And then they went – that was – that was like 2015 Steph Clay level, just unconscious. They, now, they like you listed, the, there was like four that got involved in the party. But I felt like Horford turned into Clay Thompson.
1: <laughs> uh, he couldn't miss. Couldn't miss. And neither could Derek White. When Derek White hit the one where like Steph actually created a problem and the shot clock was winding down and Steph was right in him and he still hit the shot. Is, Is Derek Matt, White a good player? He's yeah, a he's a good player. player, right? What's that? Isn't he a Pac-12 guy? Yeah. I mean, he started his career like some division two school. Like he was nowhere near an NBA prospect. Then he goes to Colorado at the end for like a year at the end of his career. And then he was having a good he was having a good start to his career in San Antonio. Well, was he like a first round pick? For, pick. Yeah. No, was, and then Boston, you could see he's long and he could shoot, plays defense. And then Boston traded for him during the year. He's been really. They good
2: love, I mean, guy they love those guys. That's what their whole team's made. Well,
1: of. I, again, I just I've watched enough of them. Like their eight guys are legitimate. Like you can count on Peyton Pritchard to hit open threes and defend. Like he defends. Here is another thing. Like Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Brown. Like Peyton Pritchard's. I, I don't know, man. Those guys just. Do you like, know what the play, Jordan you know Poole the doesn't the intimidate was? Peyton Pritchard. Dude played in the Final Four as a true freshman, starting well, point guard.
2: Well, Marcus is like Draymond, but six four. It could shoot a little. When Marcus had the J will behind the back fake pass come back to his body layup that yeah. that was the sweetest play of the game that i don't was know anybody he, around him when he did it i think he kind of lucked into it i don't yeah. know if it was it just it but it went smooth i don't know if he knew exactly what he was doing but the execu- the, the way the did he didn't need to
1: do it right it just kind of happened
2: for no reason i thought reason. he could have just like
1: dunked it or something yeah. i don't know
2: what he was doing but it was it, that whenever you go around the back back to yourself layup it's all... that's or fake it half around the back back layup to me that's my favorite it's my kid, my youth, uh Jay Wool, you know. What
1: was was there a and one mixtape tour 30 for 30 that just aired or something? I
2: didn't see anything. Somebody involved.
1: I saw somebody say that hot sauce, you remember hot sauce from the and one mixtape tour?
2: <laughs> Isn't that Ray Fall Ray for Alston?
1: No, that's skipped to my Lou. Hot oh, sauce yeah. was, old, was later. Ray for was older. But uh hot Rayford, like played in the league. Fresno State. Hot sauce, I guess one thing was like he went to like some NBA summer league and all the guy, all the NBA guys were calling him ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> how great is that hot sauce was not as good as rafer right like he didn't no no to... Ra- rafer played in the nba <laughs> yeah, rafer was it. an yeah.
2: nba legitimate yeah. point guard for a while yeah yeah hot yeah. sauce was like average uh I-, I do remember the hot sauce was because the guy the, whatever the mic guy at the, at the half court always yeah. screaming
1: there was a o remember he'd be like
2: hey <laughs> oh he could take your brand oh professor-
1: he he could take your brand to another level. You, you need go, him on your side. I went with AJ, and I think maybe yeah, I EG. went. In Did you go? There was one sack, and it was just it was. They it were was like, like the pull, minor league, though, wasn't they, it? They, but they were uh, Was Cadillac there? They were pulling people out of the crowd to go one on one with the guys, and they were just killing them. But yeah. wasn't but that wasn't like
2: the A team of Andrew. No, I don't think it right? was. I yeah, I don't think it, it was, was like it turned out to be. I thought we were going to the A team, and it turned out to be like the second tier minor league group yeah. trying to get get on the main mix.
1: So hey Sunday like you said I think you nailed it Sunday's must win. Sunday's <laughs> Sunday's a, is win a big game.
2: boy game. There going to be a lot of people in the bay area. Keep an eye on that one because I'm nervous. I yeah. I, I am not I'm not tweeting shit I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to mute. I I am nervous. Like I if if you told me right now I'm not acting like the Warriors are going to go out like chumps or whatever, but this team is just so good defensively. Like the Warriors losing 6 or something, I just it's on the table. I mean, once you lose game, game one it's on the table
1: <laughs> especially
2: at home at home and now they kind of like this team's gonna have some swag like the fucking warriors if you just beat them like that you're not gonna look at them like well, what do they say they wolf they're Who? like we just
1: the the celtics they're like we just jason tatum just had 12 points and we just won the game now he also like, had 13 assists holy shit he had 13 assists
2: That's the other thing. And two turnovers. One one thing the Warriors have usually that other teams don't, like they have Draymonds and Iguodalas and, you know, even Clay and Looney. They can do like two or three things. It's like they don't just have like Poole's really the only guy that just scores. They have a lot of guys who can pass, who can rebound, who can play D. Celtics, their whole team is that. Like every guy out of like the four main things you need checks off at minimum like three of them.
1: Well, they do the same, like they move the ball or they can play one-on-one and they defend. Warriors <laughs> move the ball and they got one-on-one guys and they kind of went one-on-one a few times late. They, Yeah. Warriors um, would have paid to see like the Sixers instead of these guys. I'll oh my them. God, or the Heat. <laughs> I think Draymond, when he said we're playing the Celtics, when he said that before game six, I do wonder if he was trying to get Miami to win that series. When he went on TNT and said, oh, I know who we're playing. We're playing Boston. But if you were just watching it, it was crazy. It, no one, everyone agreed with him. I agreed with him. <laughs> but I wonder if he was... Then they if beat... He, the next day, Miami wins. They're like, thanks, Draymond. If he did, that's, that's what he
2: Bill, Bill Walsh-level
1: thinking. That's what he would rather be playing the Heat right now. Yeah, I know if, that for a if fact. If he honestly
2: did that, that's Bill Walsh-level. Which is the
1: one thing, if you want some optimism from the Warriors' perspective, as good as the Celtics looked, it did take them seven games to beat Miami.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I think they... The home environment. And we've talked about this. I think anyone that's watched is probably the best in the league going right now. But Boston. they they have lost games there. Yeah. 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 Boston, if it would be berserk guy if they went back there 2 0. Berserk. <laughs> it, it, but one one, it's gonna be berserk. Yeah, it would be berserk no matter what. But 2 0, there'd be like blood in the water. Can this team sweep? Like Bill Russell, Larry Bird, you know.
1: you, you should we should offer Mark Jones 50 bucks to to say berserk in game two? If he gets the game, if he does, yeah, you
2: never two. know, you know, Breen, there, there might might, might be, be Mark though. Jones
1: by himself by game two. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking if if Mark Jackson couldn't have done the game tonight, what would they have done? And would Stephen A have campaigned to just be the analyst on the broadcast?
2: I wonder if they brought magic, gone like Doris. I wonder if they
1: brought magic for that reason. They just would Nah, put magic, magic does. I think they would have they would have gone with one of their own people to do the game like. Who else do they use Doris or? Uh. I mean, could Stephen A do it? <laughs> I would have loved just Stephen A on the game. <laughs> Stephen A and Mad Dog Russo.
2: <laughs> Cozy just would have 100 points tonight. Cozy would have 100. That. Just those two, though. don't even do yeah, yeah, no play-by-play guy. Just those two. <laughs> Basically just do a two-and-a-half-hour radio show podcast. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you on Sunday with that one. Some breaking news. A few things, John. Uh, go to, um, uh, indeed.com slash ham and sign up to be the 49ers next center. Oh, Trey Lance needs a center. Trey Lance needs a center. It's important. Uh, we actually saw a center quarterback exchange fumble with Trey Lance and, um, Jake Brendel. I'm not sure if it's Brendel or Brendel. You went to UCLA during the practice that we attended on Wednesday, but I, I, checked do you know how many snaps a quarterback takes from a center? Do you how know many snaps 49ers quarterbacks took from the center last year? I didn't even find that information. Uh, I, don't, I Googled it, and I ended up on like a fantasy website. I, I don't know, no. 1,091 snaps to Trey Lance, or obviously most of them were to Jimmy over 900 of them to Jimmy Garoppolo last year. So before you even get to protection and smarts, there's just a quarterback center exchange that occurs. That's important. What about the shotgun? Which, which I would imagine Trey's going to be heavily involved in. And we saw some errant shotgun snaps last year from Alex Mack, too. So Alex Mack's retiring. They need a center.
2: I, I can't act like this is a big deal. I, I don't find it a big deal because I don't find good organization can find a guard or center. And they can make guys that you don't know much about become good players. Now, Alex Mack is kind of unique because he was a famous center, right? He had been to a bunch of Pro Bowls. He was a first-round pick. I would say I would put, like, the Quentin Nelsons of the world. You know, there are certain guards and centers you would just say, you know, that guy's a famous guard or center. Larry Allen forever. Guys that are really, really good. Guys that are viewed, you know, I'd say Kelsey with the Eagles is a pretty famous center. Part of that is his brother, but he's become the face of a franchise most guys guy you I don't think you could name 25 centers in the NFL I couldn't so I I don't view it as like I I can't even pretend to be like this is a big deal because they've known it you can develop guys it is the ultimate position where you can find a nobody and make them a starter and function with them if if you told me that Trent Williams retired I'd say we got a fucking major issue I I can I just can't look at center the same way and I get Technically he made the Pro Bowl last year. I didn't view him as like a Pro Bowl level player. Yeah. Like, you know, he was some huge difference maker for the Niners. Now, obviously he's better than I just looked up Brendell. When you said he was a UCLA guy, I was just like, oh, he played for Chip. I no, mean, he's been in the NFL since 2016. This like a Jim Moore Jr. guy. But and I'm not saying that you feel I don't feel great about a guy that's been on one, two, three, four, five. So clearly practice squad, fringe guy. Like if he has to start. One thing I'll say about Brunskill is like he started so many NFL games. Like I I know he could be a starting NFL player. Do I love him as my starting center? No, but it's like he's a starting NFL player on a team that's been really good. Let's roll. Yeah. I just – you know, it's like, why didn't they draft a center? Who? You know, there were a lot of centers that went really high. I guess you could have. I mean, you also can always move guards to centers, centers to guards. Like, it is kind of a – In theory, it should be a very interchangeable kind of little trio, right there.
1: Yeah, I I, to me, I'm less concerned about the track record of the guy. Like a lot, there's a lot of JC Treader. His name comes up a lot. It's less about the track record of the guy and more about just having a guy that Trey Lance is spending all of training camp practicing with, whoever that is. If that's Jake Brendel, Brendel, if that's uh, uh, Daniel Brunskill, If it's Keaton Sutherland, if it's
2: Donovan West, what you Couldn't you trade for somebody? I mean, couldn't you, you know, fringe You'd guy trade for
1: somebody? I think to your point, 2019 they went to the Super Bowl. Weston Richburg, who then retired last year. Now, granted, they had paid him a lot. Like, he was he a was a well compensated sure. player, but he was not. Uh, ben Garland had to take over at center for that team down the stretch of the year because he got hurt. Richburg didn't play week. Uh, I think he got hurt week four maybe or week 12. I don't quite. Rem- I don't. I'd have to go back and. look. I'm just looking at snap counts here. Um, but yeah, I think he got hurt week 14 because that's when his snap count dropped dramatically. He was a top five paid center till he got hurt. Then Garland took over. Says Mark on the stream. Yeah, he
2: he, he was well compensated. Now that's I saw people then, in the chat saying that like obviously Kyle puts a premium on that. He paid Richburg. He went and got Mac. Like he yeah he has no problem paying for a center. So you he's willing to pay for center. It means he values center. I'm not acting like they're an irrelevant player. My point is, we're recording this part before the Warriors games. It's pretty clear that you don't need Shaquille O'Neal to play center in this modern-day uh, NBA, right? But like having Looney, who is very capable to do a lot of things, does help. I, I view the center in basketball a little like the center in Joe football. Looney? Uh, no. <laughs> he, former center, too. I'm talking uh, Kavon Looney who I was hoping that when I went on a walk earlier this morning to see his dad and give him a fist pump. Yeah, like, like maybe that's Dude.
1: his dad's tradition every day at one fifteen game day, he goes out for a walk. And yeah, you two, can two,
2: guy, two guys that are just dialed in because <laughs> one is his son, the other guy just going to watch on his couch. But my point is, I do think that's just a, a, a position that you can find serviceable bodies. Now, would you rather have a pro bowler who's a high-end guy? Of course, but I, I can't pretend like this is the equivalent of losing a tight end, losing a tackle, losing a corner. And again, when we say losing, you were just talking like last week. You thought, I, I think most people beside myself thought like uh, he's going to retire. I just kept thinking like, why is he waiting? And then clearly the June 1, whatever, dealt, you know, that period to post June 1, he changes the salary around, saves him a little money. But they, they've known this. Like they, they went into free agency. I think it's fair to say they knew it. They definitely knew it at the draft. Like yeah. unequivocally, no one would deny that they knew exactly that Mac told them, I'm done, right? Or I'm leaning to retire. So, hey, guys, 90%, I'm going to retire when the draft happened. And they were cool with it. It isn't that part of, and this is where, you know, we hamper like BPA, BPA. But it's like, why didn't they do? Well, what if they did not one time they felt like a center?
1: Totally. I The, the thing about J.C. I guess J.C. Treader's dad has been liking a lot of tweets that uh, I saw somebody, uh, I don't know if it's not Niner's. Reporter or fan, it would just appear to my timeline. Screenshots. J- John, I think it's John Tretter. who has been just like liking tweets of J.C. Tretter to the Niners. Um, but J.C. Tra- I don't know if he's healthy enough to. He's got like knee problems. He missed practices last year for the Browns. He's a scheme fit. I do think I, I would say this. I'm not just zero concern like you are be- because of the fact that Trey Lance is their quarterback this year. That change. If it was Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for the 49ers, that comes with its own set of concerns and problems. But protection specifically. And, you know, maybe part of this is that's good as Trey Lance. They ran a lot of Trey Lance kind of they put a lot of on him. Remember, remember the story before the draft was they put a lot of on him at North Dakota State running similar stuff. Required him to make a lot of decisions pre snap, but um the fact that you do have basically a first time starter or quarterback, I do think puts a little more pressure on this situation than would normally be the case. I would
2: say that Brunskill would know everything mental run skill would know everything yeah and he's been on the team for what now going on four years and the Niners years. do
1: actually have a you know it's easy to put a blank space at guard at guard and at center but they've got some guys that you know can Aaron Banks play guard can he start we, week
2: one at guard we do, for them? We do not know that yet <laughs> like honestly as a better would you feel comfortable placing a wager that Aaron Banks may be the starter at left or right guard if you told me they don't sign another center I would say yes yeah, they, they just, just need like the Jalen Moore
1: and Aaron Banks, and um, you know, that's just that's just what it ends up looking
2: like. Brunskill can play it too, so maybe one of these other guys is a better center than Brunskill and Brunskill plays guard. Uh Brunskill Brunskill, Brunskill blocks uh old ninety nine pretty well. That's always been his thing. It's like, you know, he's kind of an average player, but he matches up well against Aaron Donald. Yeah. Maybe just center, you know. Maybe Aaron will retire. <laughs> Do you think Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers would pay Aaron Donald to retire? That'd be
1: money well spent.
2: Like would they give him 5 million dollars to retire?
1: That would be a good use of money. Yeah. Like I... sorry DeBo, we can't extend you. We're paying we're, we're pay- What if the league what if teams pooled their money and paid everyone paid a million dollars and non the, the league paid 31 million dollars through like some slush fund to to Aaron Donald to retire. You see what Aaron
2: Rodgers said after the match? What Aaron Rodgers said after the match? No what? I think about retiring every day. It's like Aaron They just gave you 150 million (laughs) dollars. How are you still saying this? Or maybe, maybe, maybe it's not every day. Maybe I still think about retirement a lot. Like it was a comment like, God, Aaron, you are just (laughs) There was, did you see, was that the part where they were all like kind of sitting down? No, I think this was after. Maybe like a QA, maybe a so, press conference.
1: So they aired like a thing with Ernie beforehand. You and I, it was on mute yesterday, kind of while well, we were, it re, and that thing aired again right after. And I ended up watching like 15, 20 minutes of it. It was really good. Did you see any of it? I saw people
2: tweeting. Maybe it was DJ. It was like, you know, was, they were pretty good, the four of them. in that It
1: was setting. real. I, I wished I could watch the rest of it because the first question Ernie Johnson asked them was, when was the moment you fell in love with football? Now it's four of them, right? It's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. They, they go know, to Roger I won? Yeah, they go one. Each one told the little story. Aaron's like, you know, I grew up a Joe Montana fan. And then he told a story about his first comeback win in high school. And then they go to Brady and Brady's like, you know, I grew up a Montana. Steve Young fan. And then he tells some story. Then they go to then they go to uh, Pat Mahomes and he talks about how he was still playing baseball at Texas Tech. But then he played a football. He's like, I got to quit baseball like this football thing's too, too awesome. And then they go to Josh Allen. and He's like, you know, I grew up a Niner fan. It was like, it was like Josh Allen's like, look at this. Three of the four of us up here are Californians. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, and Mahomes made some comment about Texas. And I just started laughing because on the West Coast, from a college football standpoint, we talk so much about like, we got, we got to get the big guys. We got to get the big guys. We got to get the big guys. It's like, can we just, just keep all the top, the the hall of fame level quarterbacks from the state on, in in the PAC
2: 12. And that'll be In fairness, one went to Cal, Brady chose to leave and wanted to come back to Cal. Remember? And they talked him out of it because the was yeah. assistant coach called him like a pussy for leaving. Yeah, yeah made him think. And, and then nobody well, wanted Josh Allen. And no one, not a soul wanted Josh. Like Josh could have been Fresno State said no to Josh Allen. Josh could have been had. You're right. Yeah, they all could have been had. That's and the irony. Is pretty crazy. Like all four are from north of Fresno and love the 49ers, and only one played in the back 12. And now it's like those are probably the four best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And Aaron had to go
1: to junior college first. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Well, I I think that's more telling the like how crazy the routes of quarterbacks. It is yeah. like, you know, because I think think of even some of the young quarterbacks, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, like most are not coming from just like Oregon, SC, Texas and Alabama. Right. I mean, the Alabama guys get made fun of. It's like, oh, you see what Tua's saying today? Did you (laughs) tell him to drown out the noise? Did you see Tua's press conference today? I didn't watch it. I just saw the quotes and I, I get it. He's just. You got to push back of like, you know, they're telling me don't listen to the if they're a hater, they don't matter to you. You know, you can just see what all the coaches are telling them and like confidence. Be cocky. Yeah. A a lot of that. It was one of those classic, you know, I don't pay attention to anything. Linda or whoever
1: the PR person is. Linda just tells me ahead of time, like what you guys are talking about, just to help me prepare for the questions I'm going to get. And then he's like, did you guys see the throw of Tyreek today? I mean, boom, right there. Easy money. Just saying. Just saying. So, like, he acted like he doesn't pay attention. But then, in his defense, it's hard when something you did gets, like, 3 million views in 25 minutes on the internet to not have it cross your face. But everyone was making fun of him. He was pretty defiant about it today, which is, I mean, good. Whatever. Nothing yeah, bad he, about that. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing bad about that. We were out of practice Wednesday. Everyone was talking about Mayoko's big Dwight Clark event, the Legacy Series event that night. And um, John Lynch appeared at on the stage. Because I saw these John Lynch quotes. I'm like, did we miss John Lynch? No, John Lynch appeared on the stage. And uh, Mayoko asked him about Debo Samuel. And he said, is he going to be on the team this year? And John Lynch said, well, we haven't traded him. And I've used the word fool. I'd be a fool to trade him. So, yes, Debo will be part of the 49ers this season. He had a big smile on his face. The place went nuts, you know. So we were having a conversation on the sideline at practice yesterday with our buddy Chris Biederman about, like, how do you approach this if you're the 49ers? And when John Lynch says, yes, Debo will be a part of the 49ers this year, is he saying Debo will be a part of the 49ers this year because we have every intention of extending them? Or is he saying Debo will be a part of the 49ers this year because there's no way he can hold out. He's not rich enough to lose out on all the money and the fines. He's going to have to show up, right? Those are two different things,
2: and I do wonder how they're thinking about it. I just think it can be very slippery slopes because we talked about two things that would just cause a circus. Debo holdout would immediately be a circus. If Debo's told to show up and be a good guy and then we'll pay you and they don't pay him, he could get weird. And if they allow Jimmy, when healthy, to just come back and take reps like that would like those situations can just create, I think, some weirdness in a locker room that you want to avoid. I think both of them are pretty avoidable. Now, the Jimmy thing, you just can't have him come if you want to go all in on Trey Lance. I, I I'm at this point now I was thinking about this the last like 24 hours, like you bring that would just be such a circus if he's taking reps out there with Trey. Do You
1: agree with that? I don't think I, I just I just I know I I kind of agree with it. I don't think I think it depends how you break it up. If Trey Lance is taking all your first team reps and it's not equal and he's got more reps, then I don't think it's as much of a circus. But I do agree fundamentally it's Trey Lance's team. He needs to be the only kind of I just think starting, I think it's pretty there.
2: bizarre to have Jimmy Garoppolo taking second team reps. So
1: that's a good way. But like, I would say I fall in the I, I definitely think it's bizarre. I don't think it would necessarily be a circus because I think it's a pretty high level operation. I think it'd be but pretty unprecedented be
2: given unprecedented given the modern day football hierarchy setup of money and everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kyle Shannon has said we're going to trade him. So if there's this understanding, among, like, hey, Jimmy's here just because you know we we got to get him back ready to roll to trade and all that. I think there's a world where it's bizarre and just is, but it's also not a circus, but it's a tight rope to walk. And I agree with you. You should try to
2: avoid it. You should avoid it. The Debo thing might be unavoidable if you are uncomfortable giving them that much money. And they know things that we don't know. And we just we just hear some things. And oh, listen, I've been hearing things for a while. Just I, I'm, I understand about being concerned about paying certain players. And we've, you know. Litigated on here some of the reasons why injury history, uh, consistency of doing it is over his whole career, his numbers relative to like a DK Metcalf who did it immediately. And then you can also then argue, like, well, his quarterback situation wasn't as good. Like, we can argue would, back and forth. I would
1: add to that this situation in particular, not all holdouts are created equal. We'll see how this thing plays out. This is felt. I would say not like not the most mature holdout, but then someone would counter and be like, What has Debo really done? Every time you see him, he's smiling, he's happy. But Jeff Darlington quoted Debo Samuel saying, I want to be traded. So I think the way this situation has played out is one of the things you would put in the category of wait, what do we what exactly do we have here with Debo Samuel? Yeah. You could argue, you, we could argue hold it against it, don't hold it against it. I'm just saying if I'm the 49ers, the way this situation has played out. Is part of the math of, you know, part of how I think about Debo Samuel. Like, you can remember, say it's fair, I, you can I, say it's I, not fair. I, it's just a, that's just the reality. When you deal with people, how they act towards you, when you deal with them, is you judge them on that.
2: Well, I, I think you might have sent me the tweets or maybe I'd seen them that day. I remember when AJ Brown was tweeting about, like, they said, I'm supposed to be loyal. How about their loyalty? And then, like, a month later, he's gone. So, like, was that just the, the tech uh, Titans going? we don't want this. We can't handle this Trump. And they know him just like the 49ers know him really well. Bottom line, there are a ton of variables and we're talking about a ton of money. And when you, even if the money is not going to be what it is for the top guys, and it shouldn't be because he hasn't done it long enough. If you're guaranteeing him what AJ Brown got, which was what, like 57 million, if I remember, but even the way it was like, it's a lot of cash and it's for several years that when you pay him that compensate him like that, you need him to be at an elite level and I think it's fair to say they're concerned, and I don't know if they're any less concerned. But they also understand how good he is and how much they like using him. So it's it's a hard balance, and I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. To me, there's only actually only one wrong answer. Under no circumstances can you trade him before the seat. Like he has to be on your team this year. The, there's no trading him for a first round pick and not having anything to show for it with right. Trey Lance starting. That that can't happen anymore. When you just passed on the 10th pick. Now you could say the 10th pick for Debo wasn't worth it, but th- if that was on the table when you passed on it, like you clearly then are now willing to pay him that you wouldn't have, you've been talking to him, but maybe the situation is only just getting started. Like I talking to Biederman. I, he's probably right. Like, you know, there's probably a pretty good chance that he's not like there early in training camp. Like, it's not just one of those like lock deals to get done July 20th, you know, because I saw someone tweeting about the price. I think it was Field Yates over the weekend about tight ends. And they're they're the best. It's why why me and you kept talking, like, under no circumstances should the George Kittle deal even be that complicated relative to the rest of the league and relative to the rest of the positions. Him, Kelsey, and Waller, and now even uh oh, it's because the Browns just signed Najoku. It's like those guys are like the best four. Waller makes the least of the bunch. Those are the f- best four contracts in the league. They're like all pro level players, and they cost nothing. It costs nothing. Debo will cost a lot, but if he's going to play like last year, I got no issue with it. I think their question is like, can he maintain it? Does his focus level there? Injury history? You know, just do, do we trust the entire package to just go all in for the next three years, right? Like Trent Williams, they clearly just like, we trust him. He's just trustworthy. And you just look at his resume. Like every year he's plays all pro, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you don't even really worry about him. You just, He plays all pro. You know, like DeForest Buckner, he plays, he's good. Bosa, when he's on the field, he fucking dominates. Kittle, the only question you have is like injuries, but like he plays, dominates. Oh, they just gave a use check, the same historic contract over again. Why? Because he's been awesome. (laughs) When they were shitty and when they've been good, he just, use check is just, probably you could argue the most reliable player on their team. Doesn't get hurt. Just fucking always plays and always looks the exact same. And again, relative to the rest of the league, like paying him whatever he makes, five, six million dollars is like he's an incredible discount. I wonder if
1: we'd said to the 49ers, I bet we know the answer now. I mean, we talked about Eric Armstead on the show yesterday, but if you'd said to the Niners, do you have any concerns about giving Eric Armstead $40 million guaranteed if Eric Armstead's going to change or not? I bet their answer at the time would have been, we have no concerns at all, none. We have no problem giving Eric Armstead.
3: Free for a year plus an additional twenty bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com/ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get twenty dollars off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and I also have some season long more or less picks on MLB homers you may remember I've got less on Otani homers this year we'll see and at halftime of your next NBA blowout game just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less.
2: It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. save $20 the A's only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season you probably can basically go for free just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game they also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out or concerts game time app promo code ham save yourself $20 we don't even need to thank you just hammer that promo code
0: save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app
1: And we would love for him to earn all 85 on his contract, right? Which is what, like, in 2020, is is he on pace for it? Yeah. I mean, he's this is actually he got 20 million in 20, he got 15 million in 21, he got 15 million this year. Next year, he's on schedule for, you know, it was a five year contract. So after this year is when they could. Get out of it, but the dead cap's 21 million. So that's not happening. How much does he owed the following year in 23? So, yeah. So, 23, when the dead cap is 21, his cap hits 24, which is so a he'll, lot. He'll make 16.7. And then in 24, his cash is 18 million
2: and his cap hits 25. So, they're going to, if they want to keep him, they're going to restructure the contract. They're going to give him a new deal. I, right. I mean, I think when you say that he, Eric Armstead next off season could be like they gave him a three year extension and then mess with the money. Yeah. Yep. Especially Which I if he just
1: has another year like he had last year. And he's wouldn't, your team wouldn't you say or that or
2: Eric your... Armstead's on pace to get extended?
1: Again. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be a multi extension first round pick. From an administration that didn't didn't draft him. That's pretty impressive. Could he get to three contracts? I mean he's a pretty healthy player, knock on wood for him, right? How old is he? Twenty nine? He's not. Yeah, Twenty nine. No. So he could get to three contracts. Didn't with cl- I think Calais Campbell. He, now, he left teams, but... Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? I'm Calais Campbell. Deep, incredible deep voice. We interviewed him at the Super
2: Bowl. Amazing. He, I would say that is kind of uh, Armstead's comp, and he's playing at however old he is. He's he's 35. Again, had to leave teams, but he's got about four contracts in his career. When you're 6'8", uh, 300 pounds, people
1: are going to want you. <laughs> and I can see Armstead not leaving teams. Armstead's from the area. Obviously, big. Like they value him, right? I he clearly values playing for the 49ers, right? Now he I mean, can't cost 20 million dollars forever and stay around, right? That that becomes Well, a as long as you play at yeah. high level. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like at some point every for the most part every guy stops being a 20 million dollar a year did
2: player. Did you watch his, just I just saw a snippet of his speech. I, I mean, didn't see it. No. Just talking about how Dwight, everyone's always said Dwight Clark was the best teammate on the team for that, like that decade. And he's like I take a lot of pride in trying to be the best teammate. Like it was just like, god, oh, this guy <laughs> John Lynch is probably sitting there. He, he ain't going anywhere for a while. No, no. So, Debo, I could see Debo thing going a lot of different directions, except the trade in the fall, Khalil Mack style. I, I can't. I, I feel that's the only option that's not an option. Is Debo? Uh, if you told me out, Debo misses all training camp, I'd say that's that's believable. Is Debo missing week one believable to you right now? No, it's
1: not because no I, one really misses week one. I, I just think there comes a point. We've talked about the amount of money that he's made. His yeah. his we've talked about his uh gross income is not very high relative to NFL salaries at all. I know it's you know, most of most people would be happy to make have made Debo's money the last few years, but it's it's you can higher tax bracket, higher tax bracket, higher tax bracket. You can burn through it really quick, flying private. So um, I think John part of this, I, John Lynch, I think, is really good at this, kind of Bob Myers-y, right? Like he's saying Debo's going to be here because we love Debo. He's not saying Debo's going to be here because Debo doesn't have a choice and we're going to break him. That's not what he's saying. He's like Bob Myers. It's very pro the player. But I think in the back of his mind, he also knows Debo's going to be here because it's the only way he can make money is to show
2: up and play for us. What if it gets announced that Debo's joined uh, Live Golf for uh, fifty-eight million dollars?
1: You know, I was thinking about this. They really do have a point. The golf guys, like that—that that you, top eight golfer in the world, don't get anything for just showing up to a tournament, even though the TV ratings are there. Like you should get—I, like, it's hard. You should get a
2: salary. Well, uh, the the tour players. Are not wrong. They are they are not W-2 employees. The, uh, F- Mickelson's big beef is like when the Warriors travel to the Celtics for the NBA finals, they the players don't pick up the tap. Right. 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 When I travel to the US Open, I pay for my flight, I pay for my housing, every meal I eat outside of the course I Does pay the for. player pay for the caddies housing you know the caddies
1: always end up like living together i mean whatever
2: room. the whatever the agreement is but someone yeah. the, the tour's not paying for it. right 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 so i'm a 1099 employee and these guys are offering me and that's this is greg norman who you can say he's an egomaniac and most people would agree and i don't know if he's the most likable guy was just like who are they to? T- we're not stealing the majors or the players it's just a random canadian open these guys can't come play for a 25 million dollar You you don't own them i think now, they the, have a major the, point though well, they're going to lose in court, and that's where I think the Live Golf guys know that there is not a labor lawyer or a, a state in America that is going to let you dictate where a 1099 employee can do on the side. So- they're insane. fucked. They're they're fucked.
1: I think they're in major trouble, too. Well, the and- problem,
2: though, is that legally, whatever they're, they're under, whatever their umbrella is, like it's called something C. It's like what the PGA Tour is. It's built that C? way. Yeah, 501 no. C. Yeah, that's it through charities okay that they yeah, would not char- be, but they would not be able like they're a charitable thing that is yeah. player run they could never put players on salary that's not like a part of like okay. LLCs and C Corps like whatever yeah. the, that's not possible in that situation. So they're kind of the PGA tour is kind of stuck. It's why they create the pip and they do this other shit because they're sure. trying to funnel them money other
1: ways it kind of feels like they could end up in a situation like the ncaa where they fought so hard to not give a little that they end up losing it all as opposed to guys here's what we'll do you've got these tournaments not all of you, your roster of let's say 30 golfers 40 golfers you know a third of you can play you rotate through maybe once you guys all play together so we we at least have a few of you in every pga event and then you could also go make the money on the
2: side and we end up with a happier employee and not employee not employee partner what they have going for them is that the, all the sponsors and the television networks are in bed with them. But the moment, if if the top well, five and the top DJ ten, who's paying DJ
1: more? He just lost his sponsor. Isn't Live Golf pay- paying Dustin Johnson more than RBC? you got two hundred fifty or one hundred fifty million dollars
2: potentially. So it's just I I don't blame any guy. Like obviously the old guys. To me, if you're a European, think about this: if you're Sergio Garcia, grew up in Spain. If you're Lee Westwood, grew up in the UK. If the best league would have been in Europe, I never would have came to America. I only came here because the money was here. So how are you giving me a bad time for now going to another league? Like, I'm not American. I'm not, I came here like the NBA Jokic. If there was a league in Ukraine or wherever the hell he's from, and they would pay him $40 million of for the best players, he would not be playing for the Denver Nuggets. He's only playing here because this is the highest compensated best league in the world. The guys came to PJ tour because the best. Well, remember, Josh changed. Childress
1: went to Greece because he got more money to play there than he could have in the NBA at that time.
2: Yeah, I mean, DJ DJ's made a career third highest paid player in the history of golf. Tiger, Phil, Dustin Johnson, seventy five million dollars earnings. or and they're in golf. Their earnings, earnings, you earn them. You got to earn it. The Saudis gave him one twenty five, and with bonuses and everything, he's going to hit one fifty. Like, I, I everyone's kind of crushed. One hundred twenty five million dollars.
1: The guy I really understand is Taylor Gooch. It's like, hey guys, no one can be mad at Taylor Gooch. Nobody, not a soul. You could, I wouldn't make this argument, but you could make the argument, Dustin. You're so rich. Which again, I don't make that argument because 150 million is 150
2: million on whatever else you got. The guy I do question, yeah, Gooch is no brainer. I do question. There's a guy, one of the top 10 college players. They were offering the top ten college players. Like I think Arizona State has one, Texas has one, Oklahoma. Like they're you know just on the different teams. Yeah, just whatever the whatever the amateur rankings for top ten players in college, two to three million dollars to come. One guy took it. To yeah. me, that's pretty risky. Like, what if this thing goes haywire? You're you're gonna go to the PGA Tour, like you are make a couple
1: million dollars just playing on the tour. But like, what if you, you get can make $2 a couple million, million dollars
2: just from Adidas? Yeah, but if you win some of these events, you get three, four million dollars. It, oh, it's risky. Yeah. My point is, it's just risky. DJ's not risking anything. He's already rich. He's getting more money. If it all fails, he can always go back to the main. Yeah, the PGA is not going to bar Dustin Johnson from competition. No, and I don't even know if he cares. I actually think he's going to be very bored. Forced retirement? Don't you oh, think? That, oh like, no!
1: just
2: set to up for camp- the week off? Like they say, they're going to play this thing next week on YouTube. Isn't it logistically with the cameras pretty difficult just to throw together for a YouTube operation? Like, do you think that's easy? I uh, don't think it'll be easy, but you could just hire
1: a, you know, there's third party production companies that be like, yeah, we've got the equipment. We can hire the people we've done it before. Where's the event supposed to be? I think it's in London. I I mean, they could hire. My guess is they would just hire a production company who does these types of events. Now. Yeah. It takes
2: a lot of work, but it's a third. You just farm it out, you know, like they've had run. a European tour event there. They've already shot the cameras there. They know where to yeah, set yeah. up. Yeah,
1: it's not like uh, the live guy is like, all right, what kind of cameras do we need? Does anybody know how much cable we need? You know, they can, you can hire somebody to do that.
2: It is a just, pretty big operation to start these, whether golf. it's the USFL, I'd say golf, but what all these things, it's just, it's a lot of moving parts. Football is at least USFL is like, oh, it's a stadium. There's
1: three camera positions. The cable us all go to here. They we kept them all in. in
2: the same place. That was it's, easy. But smart. you know,
1: golf is like. Has anyone been to this course before? Yeah. Anybody know how to do tee times? Do we have anybody that's an expert on tee time arrangement? Who's Who's calling the golf?
2: Right. Yeah, who's going to be I the just, voices?
1: Yeah. Actually, we have an announcement
2: would you (laughs) we've gone Saudi would you even hesitate if they offered you i mean what what number would be like i have zero shame i don't care how many people on the internet are going to claim you're the biggest scumbag ever what number would that be it's a good question
1: there is a number there's always a number
2: but i'm just saying like would you would you do it for five hundred thousand dollars an event
1: it would be really dependent on if I think it's going to be successful, like really successful.
2: Well, they've you already got these guys. I mean, they got Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, like it's right. Greg Norman. They they're already right. like they got something. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's already it's happening. Five hundred an event. You like what? Five hundred lowest number event. you would risk just like people looking at you like a renegade.
1: Well, I would. I don't care about being looked at like a renegade. That wouldn't bother me. It's the blood money, right? The that idea of being looked at that way—that I think would. But
2: yeah, I think, I think about. I think my thing is you could always argue a lot of money could be questioned where it's ultimately coming from. That's yeah. a fact, Jack. I mean, if if you if McDonald's was our biggest sponsor, like they put a lot of people underground. I mean, they just do.
1: You know, we you talking about because people eat fast food and die? Yeah, I mean we're yeah. the most. Like, oh, I wasn't sure if there was like McDonald's had financed some war, and no. I hadn't heard that story. No, no, no.
2: no. I, I'm talking, yeah, sugars, you know, or or McDonald's, drug, gun runners. Like, would it be worth it for you? Ten grand a tournament? No, no, no chance. No, no, but like seventy-five grand, seventy-five grand a tournament. I
1: mean, you start thinking like, would just it, it would help the YouTube business explode? or this this operation we've got pretty damn self sufficient as it is. Uh, it would only make it more self sufficient you know the, do the ends justify the means you just donate some of the money and you're like see i'm doing good with it well that's what that that's well, that's, not- gi- that's generally how anybody does anything you just donate some
2: of the money you're like hey what well that's what the pj Tour literally does <laughs> yeah yeah so, but you'd good. be con- you'd be considered guy and this is what they tell all these guys a sports washer and sports you would, be, I've seen you that would be you would be part yeah. of sports washing yeah and Which you is, would be you would you, be the voice of sports washington. Don't love that. Don't love that's that. That's where your number has to be really high. You'd be like, I, listen, that's why I said Taylor Gooch should yeah. just tweet out, should just tweet out. Tweet the number. Everyone, they gave me 35 million dollars. I've made seven in my career. They gave me 35. And I think yeah. everyone would be like, Yeah, I get it.
1: <laughs> I don't feel good about it, but that's the deal. It's like you is there a number that makes somebody who doesn't feel good about it go, I'm doing a disservice, my family.
2: It right? literally just happened to Dustin Johnson
1: who right. they they thought that but after Dustin, you don't think Dustin what does Dustin care is for Dustin is it about
2: from what I've feeling heard bad or they or is were it just about, is it yeah what I heard it. is they were going to they were going to release it last week they couldn't get they could they didn't have any of the top 20 players cuz they thought they had like him and Bryson in the back they basically doubled their offer to Dustin and it just got to a number where he just and that's why his his agent put out a statement that just said Dustin thought this was an opportunity. He couldn't like he just got to a number that it was yeah. like I bet mean, people looked at him like this is this could all end tomorrow. Everything this is crazy. I would
1: like to say that, you know, I, I don't have a number, but it's easy to say it until someone puts a number in front of you. And then I'm like, well, but
2: see, I don't think anyone truly would say that. I mean, I maybe there are some true people. They probably or maybe the count. better way to
1: say it is I like to say, like, that's wrong.
2: What they're doing is wrong, and I wouldn't do that.
1: Right. But I don't have the number in front of me.
2: Yeah. All of a sudden, hey, will you call our six events? We'll give you $10 million. Because <laughs> that is literally, it's all, the amount of money they have is unlimited. It's, it's right. unlimited. Like they don't care about prop, Like It's like Amazon on Thursday Night Football. They are not going to care. Like he is not obsessed. Obviously, they want, you know, 10 million people to watch whatever, the week two Chiefs Charger game. But they don't ha- have to even publicize the information. They're not. Their business is not driven through ads. They're driven through subscriptions, right through so many other things, through selling on their website. Like Bezos is just trying to get involved in the NFL business. He's not. If you told Jeff, hey, you're gonna lose fifth, and I know he's not even the CEO anymore, but like this Amazon venture, Thursday Night Football, is gonna lose a hundred million dollars year one. I don't think it's a very big deal to them. Now, ultimately, would they want to lose? million for 10 straight years? Of course not. But I'm just saying if like, they're like, yeah, we're willing to lose some at the beginning for the bigger picture of it. Why? Because we're that big and it does not matter. It truly does not matter because they're, they're going to be paying a lot. Right.
1: I also think part of it is like Amazon, the NFL is on Amazon Thursday night
2: in part because Fox didn't want it. Right. Well, because, well, Fox was, I remember Coward say it, it was a, it's actually not a great, I don't know why this is true, but. Probably you have to pay very, so much, it's very difficult to make money. So, yeah, but you have a lot of people watching.
1: Oh, I understand, but it's like, what did you pay for it? Amazon's you, paid like a billion dollars. You paid a lot, you pay basically a hundred million dollars a game or something. So, you know, Fox didn't want it, ESPN didn't want it, CBS didn't want it. I think that takes a little of the pressure off Amazon, too. Like, this is not the NFL's premium
2: product here this is not sunday night football this is i mean technically it's their worst product even though it's a standalone game would you agree
1: yes so the nfl you know i don't think it's one of these deals where like the nfl is like holding amazon's feet to the fire they took their billion the NFL
2: doesn't care but i'm just saying i but my point is amazon doesn't care really i mean they do they want people to watch but ultimately i don't think they're they're like are so consumed with 7.7 Seven point seven million people watched tonight. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's partly it's customer acquisition, right? Yeah, but you see, that's my point with the Saudi League. If, if you told me that their YouTube on Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week does a combined fifty thousand, which would be terrible, right? Or I'm just giving you a low number. They don't. They're like, yeah, we we don't give a fuck. We, we we've already got five billion. We're just trying to generate money to get steal more players and to build, and ultimately. If if every top ten player in the world, if Rory, Jordan Spieth, Rom, uh, Bryson, if all those guys that went to the Saudi League, do you know what would happen with NBC and CBS? They would have a problem, right? Because the PGA Tour would be screwed, and they would eventually transition to them. Yeah, right. U- ultimately, the the product is valuable because of star players. Right.
1: And that's what the guys running the live understood. It's very basic. And they got to spend the money to make the money. You can't just start up a league. And it's why, you know, it's why a lot of the spring leagues struggle.
2: It's the the only reason live has a very good chance for still being kind of, you know, having a bad chance is because they have unlimited cash. Which then
1: gets back to the blood money. Yeah. At some point, it's like it's Uber and Lyft for, for, for a long time disrupted uh, the taxi business, but they weren't making money. They've been losing money. It was all subsidized,
2: and now the cost of a Uber and a Lyft is going up. Well, all these tech companies—I mean, a lot of them haven't made money. <laughs> but it was cool when times were booming. Now it's getting a little sketchy. It's like uh, delivery—it's a dollar a month, and I get all my food delivered to me. It's an incredible deal. I, How are they people, making money? A bunch of people DM me about listening to Elon on with like Shamoth and those guys, and I, I listen. I went on a walk yesterday and listened. I'm actually, you remember how we talked about the fake people on Twitter? There might be a chance it's close to 50% to 10%. He made a compelling case. Uh, yeah. And even they kind of chimed in with a couple things that like it, it's, there's a very good chance. When you it's, say, when we say fake, just to make, we're talking about bots. 50% of the, cl- if they claim there's 200 million act. Active users, whatever their claim is, he, he thinks it's very possible that number could be half or even more. But just to be clear, what we're talking about, it's not somebody who's an not a, egg.
0: Not
1: a verifiable
2: isn't. guy Haberman, John Middlecoff, Peter We're not King, talking about
1: somebody who's an egg and is just there like looking at
2: tweets. We're talking about bots. Yeah, like Jet, my brother who's never sent a tweet, he has a Twitter account, right? That he counts. We're not okay. Yeah. We're we're counting, not counting him, completely him as completely fake, fake non humans. Gotcha. Because his point awesome, was he had the most liked tweet in the history of Twitter. And they claim there's 250 whatever million users. The most liked tweet in the history of Twitter, 5 million likes. And he's like, when you do the math, if the most likes only 2% of the, whatever it worked out to be, like 2.2% of the user base liked the tweet. he's like, well, and then Shamath was like, you know, you go to YouTube, they have a billion users. And the most viewed YouTubes are billions, right? And there's all sorts of music videos that are in the hundreds of millions. Just the ratio of like the super popular stuff on these apps that get shared, like, this is a little weird. And Elon's like, do you feel like these things are real? And then I started thinking, like, I've really had the feel that the same 15 people tweet at me, yet, you know, my following has gotten bigger over a five-year period or whatever, yet it doesn't, it actually feels smaller.
1: I, the difference... I would just, my point is I would just listen. I'll
2: listen to it, yeah. The the difference in the, I
1: listened to their conversation about healthcare that yesterday on the drive down to obviously one person
2: can re-listen or re-watch a video
1: right and non-regular users right somebody who doesn't use youtube regularly can somebody sends them a youtube video they watch it you can't like a tweet unless you're a user a registered user right of twitter yeah unless you have an account yeah
2: but if there are 200 youtube video
1: can just be watched on facebook
2: by somebody random can be watched by anybody but but I, I am in the camp that there is a large percentage of fake accounts now. And I think he knows it and they know it and they've been running a fugazi and they it's almost like I think there's a chance that Twitter is closer to Enron than it is what I probably envisioned it being three or four. But years ultimately,
1: ago. the total number of the total number of users, if some of them are fake, only matters. if Well, they
2: will they generate all their revenue off ads? Right. That's but, his whole point.
1: Right. But but um how do the ads get measured? By views, by likes? Of, of views. He said that Twitter is not right, so a there's purchase. a difference between a bot that just
2: does replying and a bot that actually increases view numbers, right? But not he doesn't need view numbers. I just sell it because I have the reach of this many active Yeah, but
1: ultimately, users. if you tell me you have 25 million active users and then the number that I get on the views for the ad that I but, bought only reflect
2: half that but they're paying they're they're paying for straight
1: up i understand but my point is if i buy an ad and you tell me there's 250 million viewers and then the views my ad impressions are half of you know or whatever reflect a user base that's 125 million viewers then that blows up pretty quickly right like i guess my question his his claim
2: is that the bots are getting counted as the views and that is everything has. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. Fa- every, yeah, his claim is everything is fabricated. Because so how do they make all their money off, however they do on the yeah. their, their business model. He thinks it's all fabricated. Understood. My question is, I,
1: I've never heard of bots being fake views. We've heard
2: of bots as like fake followers and fake engagement, right? Well, that but that's how you make ad revenue on Twitter. That they would. Count. I'm just saying. I would think that would unravel
1: if the bots aren't viewing, liking. If the bots are viewing videos,
2: ads, yes, impressions. All that's that that h- stuff. that's his take, and they his it. position that that's they are it. just viewing everything. That they're like algorithmic. You know, they automatically right. click on stuff. They are controlled. Is he claiming by by that computer. Twitter
1: has created the bots in order to infl- artificially inflate? The his wor- point is finished? he
2: doesn't know exactly, but they just cannot explain it. They can't give him a black or white answer. And he's like, listen, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the world, but something's not adding up here. And why Mm -hmm. wouldn't you like YouTube? Google doesn't ever have anything to hide. Amazon doesn't have anything to hide. Right. It's just like their business is just so clear. The Twitter thing is very clearly questionable. But they would never if, if it came out right. If it got announced that half the bots, half the users that they claimed because again, it's publicly filed, we're completely fake. I mean, what would their stock go down 80% in a day? You know, it'd be a devastating day for the company. Like it's right. one of those things to me that if it is true, you're so far out into the ocean, you wouldn't be able to get back to the land and just kind of salvage everything. It would be a disaster for the company. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I mean, I'd be curious what the cigarette industry lost over time in terms of Uh, percentage of users, right? Like the percentage of the number of millions of people that smoked in 1960 versus the number of million people that smoked in 2000.
2: I would say relative percentages, it had to be pretty high, right?
1: They had to lose a ton of money relative to what they were making in 1960,
2: right? Well, think in 1960, two guys in their mid to late 30s, the percentage chance that at minimum one of us was smoking a pack a day would be really high and probably more than likely both of us smoked. Don Draper, two a day, John. But what do you think, though? I mean, the average guy between 35 and 60 in the, in the 60s had to be a pack. Of, yeah, I mean, I'm not a women, I, never, women, too. What's an average? I don't even
1: know. But you're right. I would, I would say that, yes. Uh, maybe half a pack a day. Yeah. I don't People know always say that. like, hey, it was a pack a day guy. Like, you see, I've always heard that. Yeah. But no, obviously not everyone, even in the 50s, was a pack a day guy. Significantly. But. Significantly. And at the end, there's still what is the cigarette industry making today?
2: I mean, probably something. Well, because if you, you ever seen like someone buy a pack of cigarettes from you in the Seven Eleven or whatever, it's it, the tax in California. It's like fifteen dollars a pack. Uh, a can of US. chew is expensive now.
1: So the U.S. Yeah, well that's the other thing. Chew, the U.S. tobacco market uh, in twenty twenty one was seventy six billion dollars. Um, and of that, most of it, cigarettes, a little cigars, some water pipes, some next generation products. Um, but I got to think the number that it used to be was
2: just relative to society relative. To, and money yeah. It was fucking high. Yeah. Like All the guys right. in
1: 1960, looking at the, how their growth, the growth chart was like, oh my God. We had to be one of the biggest businesses in America. Yeah. More people smoking than tweeting. I would
2: imagine in 1960. <laughs> yeah. Plus it's a worldwide product. Right. I would say the one thing with cigarettes still pretty big worldwide. Right. That's South what I mean. Like South America, worldwide. Europe, but it's still China. It's still big in other places. Yeah. It, I would imagine of the major, major nations, we have to have got hit the hardest. Cause I, when I went to Europe, everyone's smoking. I think in South America. A lot of people mm-hmm. smoke cigarettes feels like the Asian countries, a lot of people are smoking cigarettes. It feels like we would be knocked the hardest, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah,
1: I would imagine we had the most cigarette regulation. Well, I don't know the most, but. I can't find a trying to find some uh, percentage of smokers in the United States data. But anyway, uh, Frank Gore retired. We did a we did a video a while back about Frank Gore in the Hall of Fame. If you guys want to go if you want to see our opinion on that, go check it. But short version is I think he's a I think we agreed in the end. He is a outlier uh and a Hall of Famer. Um even though he, he was never I don't think a I would put him in. Huh? I, I thought you agreed. Might, you agreed. You agreed. Go watch the uh, video.
2: I was hearing it out. I I don't to me he's My case for him is that Fringy
1: um, for me. My case for him is that part of his specifically playing running back in the NFL is that you lo- you last like three years. And so I do give like in baseball. I don't give you credit just for longevity uh, at receiver. I don't I give less credit just for longevity. You racked up a bunch of catches over 17 years, specifically at running back. I give you credit for like that to me is a five star skill. At that position, which is why I would value Frank Gore differently than I would value because I saw somebody say like, well, if you're going to put Frank Gore in, you got to put Ricky Waters in like Ricky was just as good or sometimes better. And to me, the longevity of Frank to make him the third. I view put it this way. I view the the guy who's third in receipt in receiving yards different than the guy who's third in rushing yards, because I think running the football as long as he did is a pretty unique skill.
2: I do, too. And I'm not calling him a stat stuffer. But the, the last couple of years, I mean, he played for some really shitty teams. I mean, didn't he play for the Jets one year? He, played, he played for the Jets. I guess he played for the Bills. They were okay in 19. Dolphins. feels like those last three years, which I respect. I mean, it's not easy to do that, but kind of held on toward the end. He was actually okay in Indy those couple years when he left the Niners. But the Only Miami Buffalo... Yeah, for me, he's, he's an all-time respect team. Do I view him as like a Hall of Famer? I... Again, I, I go back and forth on this stuff. Yeah.
1: I, well, I would say that maybe this helps you think about it. I, I never watched Frank Gore and thought that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's, I guess, where I stand. But but oh, my bottom line is I just think at his position, the longevity is – one like his longevity, that position is one of the greatest things, the running
2: back positions ever – like in terms of longevity we've ever seen. Especially with a guy that when he came out of college was viewed as a major medical risk because he had bad yeah. knees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think bad knees like, running back. You see Joseph Ajay, Jay Ajayi. Uh, Jay J- Ajayi. J- Ajayi yeah. Just won Ajayi. like a settlement over his knees. Frank Gore just fucking kept playing. And it, came I out think, in 05.
1: By the way, here's the thing Ajayi got a settlement, and what did he get? Like, he's been fighting for like three years. He got like $4 million or something like know. that.
2: Frank Gore was in Alex Smith's draft. That's a pretty good draft. Alex Smith, Frank Gore. Wow. Was Alex Smith drafted in 05?
1: Yeah, it was the, uh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, 05.
2: Alex and Frank Gore.
1: Not bad. That's not bad at all. Did you see Matt Barrows tweeted out an athletic story that him and Daniel Brown wrote last year or two years ago about Frank? It was like they talked to a bunch of people. And one of the quotes was the Niners hired Scott McLuhan, like right after that draft or something like that, or maybe a year or two later. Uh, I guess it would have been that year because McCarthy was the O.C. Yeah, it would have been that. It was right around. Did you see that quote? No, I didn't. McLuhan's like, I saw Mike McCarthy. I said, your best player is your third rounder. And Mike McCarthy said, who? And I said, Frank Gore. And Mike was like, I don't know who that is.
2: I mean, does Mike know what's going on?
1: It was kind of, I was like, (laughs) Scott, I mean, is that really, if you're going to tell that story and make Mike look that bad, like that better be a true story. Are we sure Mike has any clue what's going on? It made him look
2: <laughs> bad. It was not a good look. Mike was the OC. Like, they had just drafted Frank Gore. Like, Mike didn't even know who they were drafting. I just think, I, I, I got Mike. I don't know about that one.
1: Pretty awkward, in hindsight, knowing how Aaron Rodgers operates, that Mike had to pass on Aaron, like Alex Smith more, and then go coach Aaron. Pretty Crazy. Weird. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us.